welcome to season two of the Anxiously Engaged podcast. I am your host, Rachel Curfew. But if we haven't met yet, I'm a wife, a mother, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and a certified coach specializing in anxiety and helping individuals live their life even more anxiously engaged. You might be thinking, what does that mean? Being anxiously engaged is quite the opposite of being anxious. It's about stepping out of anxiety, out of your fears, and out of the shadows of your life, and moving carefully into the light where you get to really shine as you live your life filled with passion, excitement, and energy. Welcome to the show. you guys I am so excited because my friend Jennifer Dale is here with me today and I have to tell you she and I have known each other now for a little while I'm not sure how long a little while a um, few years um, we connected in the anxiously engaged Facebook group for women and we've since then worked on several projects together but I think the thing that I love about Jennifer most is um well first of all you have to know her super strength is all my weaknesses she's organized and um on top of things systems everything that might is my weakness or her strengths which is super awesome but she also has this super huge heart and we both love helping women and that's one thing we both do together and well um where i help women more with anxiety and fears and things like that, that are, you know, traumas and hurts, things that they're trying to work through. Uh, Jennifer specifically is working with women who are going through divorce. And that's another thing we share that touches both of us. So I'm so excited you're here, Jennifer. Thank you for coming and talking with us today. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. And I just have to say, Rachel, I I followed you. I love what you do. I've seen the impact that you make in women's lives. So I'm I'm 100% supportive of what you do and so glad to be here on your podcast. Oh, thank you for the compliments. You're sweet. I appreciate it. I only do great work because I work with great people. So and you're one of them. So well, thank you. And that's a good part of it, right? The networking. Absolutely. We need that to network and women, even though sometimes they say they don't, women need women. We need yes. each other to grow. And especially in this crazy world right now, we need other women's help and support and encouragement and motivation and inspiration. We need to see that other women are doing hard things and they can help us get through hard things too. So yes. Yeah, that's in fact, when I was thinking about what to say today, that's one of the things that I thought about. I've learned that I can do hard things. Mm -hmm. But even more importantly, I've learned that I can do hard things and I don't have to do them by myself. Yes. I need the network. I need the people around me and the support. And that's why I've created the organization that I have. So I wanted to share a little bit about my background. Yes. Um, and how I got to this point. So um, I had been married for about 15 years. I had four kids, ages five to 14. And I knew my marriage was in trouble. And like most good women do, I tried to save it. I worked hard to save it. I went to counseling by myself and with my spouse at the time. And that lasted a long time. And I, we had gone through a couple of separations. Um, there was just so much work involved in trying to save this marriage. And then I hit the point where I realized I was the one, the only one working to save my marriage. Wow. And at that point I knew that this may end and the dream of that I had of this family that would last forever was crumbling and it was so difficult and the decision that making the actual decision took me a long time 
but there was a point when I got a definite answer and I knew that I was released from my marriage. Then instead of things getting easier, they got harder. <laughs> Funny how that works. Imagine that. Imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah, because coming to that decision and working so hard to save it and then facing divorce and talk about anxiety, I just, there's so many things, all the aspects of divorce and the children that are involved and the finances and, you know, on and on. Um, facing single motherhood. And I thought, how in the world could I do this? And I remember a friend saying, I was talking about finances and, you know, getting child support and how it wouldn't cover hardly anything. And I had a friend that said, well, all you need to do is just make enough money so you don't even have to need support. And at that point in my life, I thought, I don't think I could ever get to that point. Right. But I did. Wow. And not only was I able to do that, but I have worked from home for over 15 years. Wow. And so I have had the blessing of being with my children and yet still working and providing for them. So, but it was a long process. Um, luckily, um, I was able to network with some people that I knew and I had a degree and things like that. So those, those things helped. But I, I still remember going into autopilot mode where I wasn't really thinking or feeling, I was just doing. And it was a struggle to wanna to get out of bed every day, but I did every single day. I knew I had to show up for my kids. So it was a long process of trying to get to a point where I could not only acknowledge my feelings, but work through them. Um, because in the beginning, they were all just buried. It was like, okay, I just have to do what it takes to make life continue. Wow. Um, so I, the healing process is, it's a difficult one and it's anxiety ridden and there's so much to it. Um, but I was determined to be a source of consistency and stability for my kids because I knew if anyone would it would have to be me and that's my focus became I will do what's best for my children um, and try to set aside all those other feelings of anger disappointment grief not that those aren't important and they do need to be validated but they couldn't overwhelm me. They couldn't put me in a place where I wasn't able to, to be there for my kids. So um, counseling, highly, highly recommend counseling because it helped me so much. Definitely. Deal yes. with what I yes. went through. Yes. And yes. it was that hard, I mean, to like, I mean, you mentioned you had gone through counseling when you were married, trying to save the marriage. But a lot of women, I think, are so scared that, of counseling. I think we're getting more open to it, but at least back when I went through my divorce, I didn't know a lot of people in marriage counseling or, and there was a little bit, at least in my world, felt like a little bit of stigma. So was that something that was hard for you even like initially going to counseling or was that something that was okay with you and that you were open to? Yeah, there, there was a little bit of, oh, I'm to that place where I need counseling, but I'm so glad that I feel differently now because there's so much to process in a situation like that. You need somebody to guide you. You need somebody to say, it's normal to feel this way. And here's what we can do about it. And just being able to talk to somebody yes, and talk through these things and knowing it was a professional on the other end that could give me good advice, not my friend down the street who had her own opinions of my situation or so-and-so that I had been through a divorce and thought I should do it this way. Um, so yeah, initially it was, it was tough, but I was so glad. And looking back, I know that it helped me so much. Yeah. And I love what you just said about one of the be benefits to counseling is that you get someone who's neutral and professional and they are in your corner. They want, they're there. Their job is to 
support and cheer you on, but there is no perfect or right way to go through a divorce and your way and how you're doing it is the best way. And that's, I think sometimes we are, we do talk to our moms, our neighbors, the ladies in our church, the whoever's, and they all have an opinion because they're emotionally connected to it. And they may have been through it or experienced something around divorce. And so they may have some emotionally charged opinions and the counselor hopefully is going to stay neutral and calm and is disconnected from all the people involved. So I love that you brought that up. That's one of the major perks to going to a counselor. So highly recommend a counselor um, if you are going through something huge like this that you've never navigated this before it's scary it's uncertain and it's okay and you're not supposed to do it alone yes definitely in fact i've had two different counselors at two different times that helped me through through different things so yeah i can't say enough about how much that helped me and it gave me the time and the space to process my own emotions. And then I could go home and face, okay, now I'm stepping into a single mom role and I'm gonna be okay because I have this, this support. Nice, fantastic. So, yeah. You had another gift tucked in there, which is the ability to work and provide. And a lot of women don't have that. What would you say to those women who are in the spot of, I think my marriage is in trouble. We're trying to do the work. We don't know if we're staying together yet or not. What do you say to that woman right there who may in a year or two years be a single mom trying to provide and not getting enough child support? Like, what do you say to her now? Yeah, that's a great question. And a lot of women are not prepared to face that. And I think a lot of women stay in a bad marriage because they don't think they could ever support their family. So, um, like I said, I've been lucky to find um, opportunities where I could work from home. And I feel like now, especially since we've had COVID, the opportunities have opened for virtual work. Um, but look at your strengths, look at what you're good at, look at what you like to do. Um, the other day, I saw a woman who is, is selling baked goods or people who sell their artwork on Etsy or things like that where you're using what you're already good at and you're just monetizing it and it can kind of be on your own time. Things like that can help. There's a whole world out there of online entrepreneurs that start their own businesses. Um, there's a, a whole, it's a growing trend of virtual assistants who support business owners. And I, I have a background in that. So I, would, I started with simple things like helping them do spreadsheets or helping them monitor their emails or their scheduling. Some people do travel arrangements. So there's any number of services um, or products that you can offer um, and still be able to work from home. Um, but the reality is um, going through a divorce, pretty much you're gonna have to find a way to bring in an income to support a family. Um, you'd like to think that, oh, I'll have enough support money to do that. I don't know if it ever happens. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, in most cases, it means you've got to find some source of new education or training or certification or entrepreneurship. You've got to find something. And, and I love what you said. It's like, so you can start now. And even if you don't get divorced, we hope you don't. I hope things work out. But, you know, you can start doing things to start making a little savings account. Start, you know, if even if it's selling some baked goods or helping a neighbor with a project or whatever. There's little things you can be doing to start um, getting your finances in a little better place just in case. And hopefully you never right. use it. Hopefully you get to use it for a 25-year anniversary cruise with your <laughs> husband that you're madly in love with. But just in case, <laughs> we want you to have so yeah. that being prepared financially, even if it's just a little bit, helps lessen the anxiety a little bit because you know you've got at least this little nest egg that's something. It's at least something. So right. I and I I had been a stay-at-home mom for many years. I was a military wife. Um, but I had started working just part-time as an assistant to an attorney. And that was as my marriage was <laughs> 
crumbling, I, I guess I'll say. So I had that, um, and it was actually somebody I worked with in that situation that led me to another situation where it was an eight-year um, job that I had. So um, yeah, networking is important. I'm a, I'm a proponent of networking. Um, but yeah, being prepared and having that, that safety net so that you know if, if you are forced to end your marriage or if that happens, then you have a place to go and you have resources available to you. Yeah, perfect. I love that. I love that. So after you got divorced and you got a job, you'd already had a job and you're moving forward, you're progressing, you're showing up for your kids. What was the motivation? Was there something even deeper than I just have to show up and be stable for these kids? Because I mean, that's a really good thought. And a lot of us going through divorce have that. I had it when I went through my thought. That probably was what saved me was getting up every day because I had little kids that needed food. <laughs> they needed things. Yeah. But, but sometimes there's days where like, that's a really nice thought, but I'm staying in my bed and pulling the covers over my head and crying. So what is that really deep? Why did you have something even deeper that got it to, got you to the point where you could get up and say, Hey, I'm showing up for my kids, even if I'm struggling. Yes. And that's important to realize that can last for a while, but that not should not be forever. That was in my autopilot mode where that's what got me up. Okay. I need to take care of my kids. I've got to get up. But I would have to say that my faith, um, was what gave me the motivation to keep going. And a big part of it was hope, hoping that there would be a better future ahead, knowing that it wasn't always going to be like this. And there were days where I seriously questioned that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but just having that hope of if I can keep going, things will get better. They're not always going to be like this. Um, and replacing so much of the fear with the faith was a process that I, I'm still learning. But <laughs> um, that was a big thing for me is not being overcome by the fear and just holding on to that faith and knowing that there was a higher power that was there to help me every single step of the way. And I know that without a doubt, and I wouldn't have made it through without that. Um, when you're a single mom, you can feel isolated. You have no partner anymore. You feel like everything is on your shoulders and you have to carry it all. But knowing that there's another source of strength out there that you can rely on, that will never let you down, that's always going to love you, to me was so empowering. Yeah, I love that. And I've noticed in times of trouble, sometimes people, they shut down and they close out God. And other people turn closer to God. It's really interesting how people handle and who they turn to in those moments of trauma and, and trials, but I love that you turned to faith and hope. Cause like you said, that's where all the answers, all the help, all the support, all the encouragement, all the help is all the goodness that we're looking for is there. So uh, moving, even if you're feeling like uh, hopeless and overwhelmed and you're, even if you're struggling, finding the faith to believe that and to connect with it, mm -hmm. guys, just a drop of hope even for, just a drop of hope. Keep moving towards the hope and the faith will come. Just, you got to just hang in there, but God is there and loves us. And he is not going to abandon us in those hard times. He is not. Right. And I learned that I, if, if I was looking for the ways that he was helping me, I was so much better off. If I was only focused on what I didn't have and how hard it was and how unfair it was. And I will admit, I got stuck in those negative thinking patterns. But when I started realizing, oh, this happened today, and that was such a blessing, and I know that it was a sign that I am loved and I'm being taken care of, that completely switched my outlook. And it was a process. I would sometimes forget that. And it was hard to look for any positive or be grateful. But that was the other thing is gratitude 
learning to look for the smallest things to be grateful for, to realize that, you know, there still are things in my life that are positives, even though I'm going through this hugely hard, <laughs> traumatizing experience. Um, there still were the little things that I could be grateful for on a daily basis. Oh, I love that you said that. I have goosebumps because everyone who knows me, even a little, knows that gratitude is my my thing. I absolutely love gratitude. But you said something really important just before that, which is when we are focusing on the lack, what I don't have, what I've lost, what's not right, what's not fair. And, you know, it's okay. It's human. And we are going to have those moments. But if you stay longer than a moment, that is where your anxiety alarm gets triggered. And that is where then the adversary likes to come in and kick us when we're already down mm -hmm. and make it harder and darker and worse or seem worse. But when yes. we can add gratitude, even for a something tiny, tiniest little thing, gratitude is the bridge that moves you out of the fear, out of the darkness, out of the anxiety, and it moves you to where all the good stuff is, all the abundance all the things to be grateful for, where God is, where more abundance is, and that spirit of peace that we're so desperately seeking in those dark times. So I absolutely love that you're able to find gratitude, even in the very moment that is really, truly a tender mercy. It is, and it changes your outlook. And I learned that not only did I need to think about the things that I was grateful for, but I needed to thank. Oh, I, I love thank that. My Heavenly Father, for those things that He gave me, because it's one thing to think in your mind, oh, that's a great thing. Um, and I'm grateful for that, but it's, a, it's another level to, to make sure that you're thinking, um, because that's where I feel like then more things flow. And you're, you train your mind to look for those things. Um, and it doesn't become so hard to find things to be grateful for anymore. Exactly. I love that. Absolutely love that miracle of gratitude. Yes. Yeah, I, I, you know, you hear about it, but there's scientific studies that have been done and it's not just a, uh, it's not a fake news thing. It's real. <laughs> gratitude yeah. is so real. <laughs> there's a power in it for sure. Absolutely. Gratitude completely changes lives. And I've witnessed that you know, year after year, one of the things that we do in the anxiously engaged group, um, the Facebook group for women, is we do host a 45 day gratitude challenge. And it's hard. It is really hard. I make these ladies do really push and really show up every day. And the miracle is just what you said. They start out, some of them, if they've never done it before, having a hard time coming up with two or three things in a day. And by the end of it, the miracle is oh my goodness, I can, I'm going through a struggle and I'm okay because I can see the gratitude and I can see God's hand in it this very moment. And so I love what you said about it's not just enough to think it, you've got to think it for it too. And I love that. I may steal that. <laughs> I'll give you credit. Okay. But I might it's your it. podcast. You can steal anything you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So tell me more about your story. So you okay. worked, you providing for your kids, you're getting up, you're showing up, you're doing your personal work, you, you know, going to counseling. What came next? Well, once I was able to get out of the autopilot mode and I was thinking more about, you know, what, what are the things that I can be doing that are going to help me feel better, that are going to help me through this process. And I discovered that service was a huge thing. If I felt like I could be of service to someone else, then that meant I still had something to offer. And there's a huge piece of divorce where you lose confidence. You lose some of your self-esteem. It's hard to have good thoughts about yourself. So when I was able to get outside myself and think, oh, here's somebody else that I can help no matter how small it was, then I felt like I was making a difference and I had something to offer. And I was, I didn't, I don't want to tie it to worth, but it did. It helped me feel like, okay, I have, I, I'm worth something. 
because in, in a divorce process, so many times you're left just feeling worthless. So I found small ways to serve others. And when you're strapped for cash and you don't know if you're going to be able to feed your kids and you think you've got to have money to go out and serve, you don't. The smallest things can make the biggest differences. And I had a group of women that still today, in fact, last week, we all wore masks and we've had COVID, so don't think this was bad, but <laughs> we, we did a girls' night. Um, we'd been in the habit of that. And to me, that was such a great way to just be with women who I knew cared about me, who I could say things to, um, that just helped me through the process. So those were other things that I realized that were so important to me is just serving others, having this group of women that I could be myself around who were loving and supportive. And yet sometimes they would tell me things I didn't want to hear, but that was great too. Cause that's when, you know, it's a real friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Probably don't want to hear this, but here's the reality and you're not seeing it. So um, surrounding myself with good supportive people and a huge hurdle for me was being able to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I went too far on the, independent spectrum like single mom I've got to be independent I've got to do it all myself but I forgot to realize that there are people out there that were willing to help me yeah and being a gracious receiver of that help yes and that's sometimes can be a huge hurdle to overcome yeah for most women we have these huge generous giving hearts like we are really good givers but not always great receivers but oh this is a time and a season if you're going through a divorce you really want to be a superwoman and super mom and do everything and look put up a facade like everything's great but it's it's not always perfect it's not always great and it is okay to ask for help and it is okay to receive it and, and, and just gives you one thing, more thing to be grateful for, to realize that God loves you. He's sending people, he's sending help, he's sending resources, but you have to be open to receiving those gifts. Exactly. And you have to allow other people to serve you just like you want to serve others. Yeah. Um, so many times I would think, oh, I can't ask for help. That's a sign of weakness, but it just isn't. Yeah. And I learned to be specific, you know, people, people always say, well, let me know if I can help. And they, <laughs> they don't know how to help. They're more than willing to help, but it takes somebody saying, okay, this is how I could use your help. Could you give my, my son or daughter a ride to this since you're already going there or just, you know, small things looking for those things and being specific about this is the help that I need and being comfortable enough to ask was a huge thing. And I would say I got, I probably got good at it for a while and then I wasn't so good for a while. So it, <laughs> and again, it's a process, but specific ways because so many people that have been through a divorce or aren't a single parent, they just don't know. They yeah. really need to be educated on here are ways that you could help me or here is something that I could use assistance with. Yeah. And I love that you said that we, we want to help. We're willing to help. And we, we don't think less of the person who's struggling. Like when we're offering our help, we're not thinking less of them, but isn't it funny how, if we're the ones struggling that we're like thinking less of the whole experience, like, Oh, I can't ask. It's a sign of weakness. But then in two minutes later, we'd show up and offer help to somebody else. <laughs> so, exactly. so yeah, we got to be givers and receivers. And it might mean being brave and vulnerable and saying, actually, I could use your help. And this is what it, I need. And, and it's okay to do that. And if you're not going through a divorce, it's okay to still ask and say those things. And maybe that's something we need to practice is being able to say when a husband or a neighbor, or a, a church member, or whatever says, Hey, do you need some help? What if we actually didn't need anything, but we said, yes, just to practice the habit and just be able to get comfortable with actually, yes, I could use a hug or I could use, could we go for a walk or yes, could we go get a treat? Like 
doesn't have to be a big card traumatic thing going on, but we can, uh, when someone offers, we can say, yes, thank you. I would. Yes. And you're right. It applies to anyone in any circumstance and getting used to saying yes, but also on the flip side, I've learned because I see so many times people saying, let me know if I can help. I've learned, okay, I'm not going to do that because they, they never will. I've learned to maybe pick up something that, or think of something that a way I could help and say, I'd love to do this for you, or I'm bringing dinner, which day is good, or, you know, going one step further instead of the passive way of, okay, yeah, let me know if I can help you. Yeah. Um, but being more proactive about doing, yeah. actually doing I love that. And, and I've tried to do things more like that too, instead of saying, leaving it open-ended so that both people are kind of just left hanging. When you can be more specific and say, yeah, I am on my way to the grocery store. What can I pick up for you today? Or, hey, I noticed your kid is also on the team. Can I just bring them home for you? Or whatever it is. But when you can be more specific, it's a lot easier for someone who's already struggling and overwhelmed to sit and who may be struggling to um, ask or receive help. It's a lot easier if you just can give them something that they can say, yes, that would be awesome versus having to brainstorm when they're already overwhelmed and stressed and tired. So I love that. Yeah. And it makes a big difference. And when you think about it, we can't all be givers because then there would be no receivers. So right. flipping that mindset of it's okay. Um, Maybe tomorrow you'll be the giver, but today it's okay to say, I'm not doing well. I need help with this. I love that. Absolutely. We've got to take turns on both sides of it. <laughs> so true. So true. Perfect. All right. So uh, service is really important. I love that you recognize that even in the dark times, even in the shadows of that, you know, that season of your life, for you to be able to spot out a little ray of light that said, hey, do service. That's really powerful. And I love that you were able to do that. Um, and it just, it totally does. It grounds us to, um, it grounds us and it lifts us um, closer and connects us more with God. So I absolutely love that. You have brought up faith, you've brought up hope, you've brought up gratitude and you've brought up service. That says a lot about who you are. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful, beautiful person. So you now fast forward a little bit, you are still doing all these things. You're still, you know, you've come out of this divorce. How did your kids, are they doing, did they do okay? I mean, you were obviously happy, filled with light, hope, gratitude, service, still struggling at times, of course, but human, yes. right? You've got to feel all the emotions of the rainbow, but you do, did really quite well overall because you were anchored to a lot of really amazing things. Did your kids do okay too? I would say the jury's still out on that. Yeah. Divorce <laughs> um, for kids. Yes. And it's a, it's a process. They all have been affected in different ways. Um, my youngest is turning 17 next month. Um, so I have young adult daughters um, and they're all at varying stages. They have dealt with mental health challenges um, and who's to say how the divorce affected that? We, you know, you never know. Um, so they're at varying stages of healing, of acceptance. Um, I would say my younger ones probably have done better than my older ones, um, just because they were teenagers at the time. But yeah, and that's another huge piece of all of this is not only being a single mom, but parenting children who have, you know, the, the mental health challenges and wading through that. So again, I just highly recommend counseling. Um, my two older girls have taken advantage of that, which I'm grateful for. Um, but I have to say, last weekend, I had all four of my kids together, which doesn't happen often. Um, one daughter lives in Montana and I'm in Arizona. So I had all four of my kids together and we were sitting here playing games and they were singing girls camp songs. And I just wanted to savor that moment because 
being around them, seeing their joy, seeing them be happy is huge. It's huge to see that because we've been through a lot as a family. Um, so there, that's why I say there is hope. There's, there's healing that's happened. There's healing yet to happen. But just savoring those moments of we're all together. We love each other. Um, we have pretty good relationships. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, yeah, it, that's been challenging too. And when you can go through a divorce and try your best to focus on your kids instead of your feelings towards their other parent, um, it can make a difference, but you still just never know. Yeah, it's tough. And one of the things I struggle with, this is just a personal pet peeve, but that phrase, children are resilient, really bothers me because you know what? People are resilient, children too, if they get the help and the support they need. But when a mama is caught up in all her hurt and pain and suffering, or if she's throwing those daggers about the, the ex, the other parent, you know, kids put on a good show because they don't want to hurt their parent or they don't want to seem like they're weak or that they're having problems either, especially teenagers. But it means that later down the road, they're probably going to be my client or in the counseling office or they're struggling in their marriage because they didn't process and get the help and support they needed going through this when they were younger. So, um, yeah, be open to taking care of yourself so that you can help take care of your kids. But yes. then if your kids need help and support too, please reach out and be open. They may be hiding it from you. They may try to not, they may not want to hurt you with their stuff because they see you hurting, but it is yeah. affecting them one way or another. And they do need validation. They do need some help. They do need support. So that's something really empowering and important to remember for these kids. They've got to have the same things you need. It's just yes. as big a deal for you as it is for them. Yes. And I totally agree with you there because just because kids can be resilient doesn't mean we need to give them reasons to have to be resilient. Yes. Um, we don't need to add to that. Yeah, um, they're going to get plenty in life. Like let's not make yes. it harder or worse for them. Yes. And we can mitigate what we can, but again, we can't solve it all for them, but just um, being open um, having open lines of communication, them knowing that you yourself support counseling is a big thing too, because like you said, there can be a stigma associated with that. So getting them the help that they need because you're one person and you definitely can't, you know, solve all their issues and you're not a professional. So um, I've been very supportive of my kids having other mentors, um, people that they can go and talk to, trusted people that you know, if they don't want to unload on me because they can see I'm already carrying a heavy burden, then they have that trusted person. And I actually have two um, people who have been children of divorce that have kind of helped to mentor my kids. So it's made a big difference. That's fantastic. Yeah, that is that network, that circle of community that we all need, including yes. kids. Yeah, I love that. Yes, and be supportive of your kids having that support system and help them grow it if necessary. It's to help them be surrounded by people that can and love them. That's a big thing is just knowing that there's people out there that love them. Absolutely. Fantastic. All right, so continuing on with your story, you, your kids are hanging in there. You're loving them, supporting them. You've had faith and hope and gratitude and service all these years because that's just who you are. And now you're expanding that even more. Do you want to tell us a little yes. bit about that? <laughs> yes, I would say that I was determined and it took years to get there, but I was determined that my experience needed to be used for good. And I had been thinking about how to do that. And I've been thinking a lot about women who go through divorce and how lonely it is and, and how they just, you can be so lost in the process. And so I um, reconnected with a friend that were actually friends from high school, college years. And we had started talking about our own divorce experiences. And we were both in a place where we kind of felt like we needed to do something more. 
So over the last, I want to say it's probably been over a year that we've been planning and we've developed a nonprofit organization that's specifically to, to support women going through divorce. And we, we launched it in October, so it's fairly new. But, but our goal is that no woman will have to go through this on her own that there will be a community that she can be part of. Um, we've been offering resources. Professionals have come in like Rachel um, to offer what, you know, their expertise and their um, benefits to, to the members of our community. But it's a way that, and it's honestly, it's helped me heal even further knowing that I'm creating something that hopefully can help a few women down the road or, you know, soon um, that they will find resources that they need or a community or a listening ear or whatever it is. So we're building this. We're kind of learning as we go along. Um, we've offered some virtual classrooms. It's hard because we would love to create um, actual communities of women that get together, but Again, COVID kind of changed that. Um, so that's our goal is that at one point we would be able to have local meetups of divorced women where they can come together and support each other and talk. It's one thing to talk to your married friend about your divorce, but it's something different to talk to somebody who's been through it or is going through it. Absolutely. So that's, that's our goal right now is to build this organization to create this community of supportive women that can say, I've been there, I know what it's like, I hear you. Um, they can find validation, they can find um, sources of strength. So it's been, it's been rewarding um, to see things come together and connect with such great people. That's my favorite part is I've met people from all over the world I've talked to people in different countries and if we have that one thing in common, it just, it binds us together. So um, we're, like I say, we're building as we go, we're learning, we're trying to figure out how best to serve these women, but we've had some really good ideas and some really good content and support put out there already. Fantastic. And I love this organization because um, like, like we said already, I've been divorced too. And so I love the idea of having this community of women. And I didn't have that when I was going through a divorce. In fact, there was a time in my life or a time in my divorce process thinking, I don't, because I was really young when I got divorced, but I was like, I couldn't think of one person I knew at the time who was divorced. I personally didn't know another person. I know there were lots out there, but in my circle, there wasn't anybody. And so even the people I was turning to, like, how do I do this? How do I navigate this? My parents, my friends, they're like, um, like this, but they were just guessing. Cause I mean, yes. so being able to have a source that you can trust that is like, okay, these are real women who've really been through all the good and the bad of this. And they have networking, they have resources, they have tools. And if they don't know it, they'll find it. Like, holy cow, what a gift to someone who's feeling so overwhelmed. And like you said, even though we don't, we, we shouldn't attach this to it, but we do feel like not good enough or worthless in some of those. Like, what's wrong with me? What, why did I fail? Like you're trying to process all that. So when you're going through all of that, and your anxiety is going off, the uncertainty is high, all of those things, the fear, it's like, how on earth are you supposed to calmly, collectively, clearly think, oh, this is my next step in my divorce process, or this is who I should turn to, or this is a resource. You just, you can't, right. you can't, you need that lifeline. You need that place to go and be able to know this is a good place that can point me in the right direction. So I love, 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 love what you guys are doing. It, it, it speaks to me. It connects to me because I, I wish I had it when I needed it. I love the name of it too. 
Do you want to tell everybody what yes. the name is? Because for me, I'm very visual. So for me, when you say the title of this organization, I like it speaks to me. Yes. Um, and that's one of the, the things that I thought about um, talking about today, too. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the, the title of our organization is Divorced Women's Lighthouse. And my kids will roll, they roll their eyes when I say it because I have lighthouses all over my house and they know that I love lighthouses, but there's a reason for it. Um, the, the lighthouse to me represents a source of inspiration, hope, support, and unconditional love. And that's why I've always loved lighthouses. To me, that's the symbol that I need um, in my life. And to me, it, it's tied in with the savior, of course. But if you can find that source and you know that you're in these troubled waters, but there's that source that you can look to that's always gonna be there, that's gonna guide you home, it can make all the difference. So I knew that in creating this, and we kind of went through a brainstorming process of naming the organization, and then we just came back to that because we're like, it, it explains it perfectly. We want to be that lighthouse. We want to be a, a source of hope more than anything for these women. Yeah, I love it because, yeah, like I said, I'm very visual, so I can totally picture a lighthouse, and it does feel like we're going through storms. It, your storm might not be you know, the, the person listening to this, it might not be an actual divorce right now, but whatever your storm is, yeah, there's something really powerful in being able to see across choppy waters, a beacon of light calling us home. That is so be a warm ray of light that's calm, just bringing you in and, and women, especially going through divorce, especially with kids, they need it. They need it so bad. Even if they don't realize it, they need it. Yes. Yes. We don't want them to feel alone. I would not want them to feel alone for one minute. I did it. I went through it. And like you said, it's, it's isolating. If you don't know others, if you're, if you're not comfortable reaching out to others and our goal is, you know, we don't, we would love for people to come and even just watch what we do if they're not comfortable, even commenting or liking. Um, but just to get that source of inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, is there anything else that you like these ladies need to know from you about either divorce, about coming through successful on the other side of it, or about your organization? Anything that like last words of wisdom that they really need to know or something we've missed that you want to share? Yeah, I just, um, you talked about the failure piece and I want people to realize, and I know it's it's easier said than done, but to realize that their marriage failed, that doesn't make them a failure. You are not a failure. And a lot of times you're doing yourself and your children a favor by getting out of a really bad situation. So don't ever think that you're a failure. There will be the storms that come but just holding on to that hope, just know that there are better days ahead and you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Take it not even a day at a time. I remember thinking an hour at a time. That's all I can get through. And that's fine. It won't always be that way. There is hope for you to create what you want. And that's the biggest thing that I realized is, <clears throat> excuse me, divorce gave me the chance to create what I wanted in life, to have the goals that I wanted and to become what I wanted to become. It's still a work in progress, but <laughs> that, those are the blessings that can come if you just hold on to that hope. I love that. And, and you're so right is that, you know, it might be minute to minute right now. It might literally be minute to minute, yes. but if you hang in there and go towards the lighthouse, go towards those that are willing to help mentor, teach, support, love, encourage, all those things. The minutes do turn to hours. And then slowly one day you realize it's a few days or a few weeks. And then one day you look back and you're like, oh, it's been months and now years. And it does happen. It's a slow process, but it does happen. And somehow we always end up better 
than where we were. This, this detour in our lives actually led us to exactly where we needed to be all along. So true. So true. Yeah. Okay. So we've got somebody listening today who is struggling, maybe getting ready to go through a divorce. Maybe they're going through that counseling. Maybe they're in the divorce process or hopefully they're not, but if maybe they know somebody, maybe they know somebody who is feeling like how we felt for a long time. So how do these women connect to you? And then also you are a nonprofit, which means you guys need some help with some funding and resources. So give us both pieces. How can people connect with you for help? And how can we help you? Right. Thank you. Uh, we have our website that's divorced women, divorcedwomenslighthouse.org. And there we have uh, a donate button if you want to support. Any small amount would be much appreciated. But yes, we are looking at we want to create courses we would love to develop a mentorship program so any anybody out there that wants to support us go to the website and then if you're a woman going through it um, there are resources on our website we have a blog but our most active um, right now is our facebook group and it's the same name divorced women's lighthouse so you can find us on facebook um, we've been you know, posting inspirational things. Um, we're hoping to have, you know, great conversations happen in there um, and inspiration happening. Uh, we also have an Instagram account with the same name. So depending on like my generation apparently is the Facebook generation and the younger ones are Instagram. So <laughs> find yep. us in their place. Um, we're pretty active in both of those. Um, yeah, so those are the ways that you can find us. If you are maybe somebody who has something to offer to the organization, who would love to do a presentation or write a blog or anything like that, definitely find us as well. You know, instant message us because we are looking for any and all people to contribute. So fantastic. And I love that it's all inclusive. Like women can go there for help. Women can go there to donate if that's the best way they can help. And then women can actually go there who need help. So no matter what, there's something for every person to be a part of this organization. So I absolutely love that. So um, I have had so much fun talking to you today because like I said, number one, uh, we have some really fun things in common, which I think connects us and, um, and uh, we'll connect with other women. And that's the point of sharing these stories. But, and then also, of course, providing resources for people who um, are looking for inspiration or help. So we, hopefully we've done that as well. But the other thing that I love about these stories and doing these podcasts is because I'm really passionate about women who are being anxiously engaged in their lives. And you, even through a divorce, even through hard times, you still found ways to be excited. And, and that anxiously engaged piece is about being excited and taking those action steps. And even though it was hard or dark, you still with faith and hope and gratitude and service and all these things that you did, you still found ways to get up, to be anxiously engaged, moving forward, making progress. And that is what inspires me. And so I know it will inspire other ladies too. And I really appreciate you joining me today and sharing all your story with us. And then also this amazing work that you're doing for others. So thank you. Thank you so much. And for what you do. Thank My you. pleasure. And we'll make sure that when we post these um, podcasts that your links and um, ways that people can connect to you will be part of that as well. So um, if you guys are looking for ways to connect, we'll make sure you have access to them. So, all right. In the meantime, and as always, everyone have an anxiety-free and a gratitude-filled day.